the more that you're showing up and being authentic and really coming from a place of wanting to help other people, you're going to end up attracting like-minded people like that. And so at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but I'd rather surround myself with people who are similar than not, because that's, again, how we continue to grow, make change, and impact. Today, we get to speak with Jennifer Bulkley. She's a holistic consultant and an audio impactor. She's the owner of GenX Enterprises, LLC, and Break the Ice Consulting. Now, evolving past a structured, self-built corporate company for a new mission, pursuing a life of freedom and self-authorization in order to help others break free of their own illusions and lead an authentic and hard, decisive life. Now, how did I meet her? I met her through 30 Days of Challenge that we do on LinkedIn every year. It was really exciting learning about her through this journey as she recorded videos every single day. Now, she has over a decade of entrepreneurial experience building and scaling multiple businesses from scratch. Expert in a sales and selling profession and dedicated self-development researcher, practitioner and soul shifter. And she brought all of those qualities out in every single video that she creates on LinkedIn. So let's hear her story as she shares her journey in launching these Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So Jennifer and I met through the 30 Days of Videos Challenge that was put together a couple of years ago by Rob House, and then he restarted it this year in 2020, and we got a whole new batch of new leaders, new entrepreneurs jumping in here, taking the challenge, getting uncomfortable, and then getting comfortable in front of the camera and creating videos on LinkedIn. So Jennifer, it's it's been really awesome following your journey, watching your videos day by day, and and how comfortable you've become in front of the camera. Yeah, it's um, it was a very humbling experience because I definitely was uncomfortable in the beginning. It's it's just one of those things where you know, as an entrepreneur and a salesperson by trade, you can go in and you can close these deals and you can be in front of all kinds of people. And I have to be in front of my employees and my clients. So public speaking in that sense is natural. Yeah. But once that camera gets turned on mm-hmm. and it's just you and you're just speaking from like, a, say, a personal thought versus something that's, you know, you know, orchestrated is such a different feeling that it really it just puts you on the spot. But again, breaking when you have in our particular case with the 30 days of videos challenge, what caught my eye was. the the core values of the group. So when your cause is to provide encouragement, education and strength to other people, it it allows you to the courage to get through the, Oh, I'm shy to be on camera part of it. And like, don't worry about it because at the end of the day, it's it's about the message that you're going to provide other people. So definitely, definitely great way to get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. It's, that the values and, and, and the entire idea behind it, I think that's really powerful because you're not only 
getting uncomfortable, but you're also sharing something that you're passionate about. And anytime yeah. we start talking about something that we're passionate about, no matter if you're an introvert or you know somebody who doesn't speak, you immediately don't even think about that, and you just jump on and start talking about what you're passionate about. And it's it's really, really amazing experience to 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 go through that and that journey. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then you start deciding, you know, you, you know, more of your cultivation of what impact you want to have on other people in a more, you know, robust way. So it's not just encouragement and education, but it's also about, you know, getting them to think past just the surface level part of feeling encouraged, you know, like why, what, what tools do you have that to continue on that journey for yourself. So for my big thing is I like to just pass on as many tools or tricks of the trade that, that I've experienced that I think will help somebody else. Yeah. You're, which you're, is fun. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really fun because you're still learning yourself as well. So you're like, yes. Oh, you know, I just brought that thought even further than I initially anticipated in this little message. Holy cow. You know, so you're <laughs> learning just as much as say you're trying to teach somebody else something. Yeah, you're right. You know, the more you teach something, the more you learn yourself because you're you're looking at it from a different perspective now. Like, mm -hmm. sure, I can drive a car, sure, I can ride a bike, mm -hmm. but how do you teach somebody who's never driven a car or who's never ridden a bike or who's never been a beekeeper or who's never been yeah. in a business owner, right? So all of these things, when you teach, you're like, all right, what would I do? Like it's like writing a recipe down. Like sure, I know how to bake a grilled cheese sandwich, but when you write, <laughs> write down the recipe for it, like okay, I gotta think about it really well. Yep, exactly. And then like the interesting thing with this group was that when and just a quick backstory is from probably like late December to right up around the time of the quote unquote pandemic when we had the quarantine, I was actually unplugged for like three months. I mean, oh, wow. I, I went in and I made sure I engaged with some of my top favorites that were still giving me inspiration and encouragement regardless, because I didn't want to lose touch with some very key people that I highly, highly respect on the mm. platform, sort of like yeah. the virtual mentors. Yeah. But like, otherwise I was really just digressed from it because I was focusing on some projects personally that I wanted to do. And then I thought, my gosh, like the state of affairs, I better get on there and just see if there's anything I can do to help other people. Like, let's check in with humanity and see if there's anything I can do. Yeah. And like, you can do that in your own community and that's great. But when you can do it globally, like on a social media platform, then you're able to really see what's going on. And so right away, that 30 days of video challenge with those core values was exactly what I was looking for yes. as a way to break in to try and help you know, what was going on. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I just took a like three months break from social media. Now I'm going to start right out with videos every single day. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, but when stuff like that happens, at least for me in particular, I don't look at it as like a coincidence that was, mm -hmm. you know, meant to be that it's one of the first things I saw was this kind of invitation, informal invitation from Rob yeah. to, to jump in there. And it's like, wow. You know, what's what's really awesome about what you just mentioned about showing up on video and showing up on social media to inspire others and teach others what you know. 
you know, for the longest time, because social media has been around for what, a decade and a half almost, right? Yeah, probably. Maybe least, longer yeah. if you if you count AOL and, and like MS and Messenger and, and MySpace, uh, right. right? So <laughs> what's been happening since since Instagram and Facebook is people have been showing off on in, on social media. Like, oh, I have I have the better blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. I don't think that matters anymore. It, I think the more thing that matters now is showing up yeah, rather absolutely. than showing off. And then the more you show up in any space with your heart and with your mindset, I think the more followers, the more vibes, the more tribe that you're going to build around yourself. And I think yeah, that's I what think I've been seeing too. Yeah, that's a great observation. And I would agree with you. I think like the more that you're showing up and being authentic and really coming from a place of wanting to help other people, you're going to end up attracting like-minded people like that. And so at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but I'd rather surround myself with people who are similar than not, because that's mm -hmm. again, how we continue to grow, make change and impact. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is for me, um, is attracting people that I want to be around. Yeah, yeah, virtually, you know, obviously more virtual, but mm -hmm. no. <laughs> but being virtual or physical, right? We, the yeah. mindset is still, you know, it's the same. You you connect on a on a different level. You're able yeah. to see the values, and all of those things come to you know to fruition. The other thing that I've noticed, uh, and you know, I don't know if it's lucky or if it's if it's if it's it was destined same time around December. I, I got invited to this group or joined this Facebook group called Unconventional Leaders. And back then there were like only 500 people in this group. Now there are like 1500 group people in this oh, group. Wow. And what they started doing is they started doing coffee chats every day at four o'clock. So people are at home and they're like, all right, where do we do? You know, we have nothing to do. Getting depressed. <laughs> well, coffee chats with other people that are also sitting at home but sitting in front of their computers so we started doing these and i started showing up every day and you know connecting and it's it's a really amazing place to hang out like talking with other people showing up and when we did the the few um zoom calls with uh, 30 days i think it, it felt the same thing you 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 connect on a different level so that's mm -hmm. been pretty amazing and it's it's continuing to to a point that every Tuesday I'm doing a tech talk on Tech Talk Tuesdays where I talk about technology okay. on here and people are coming in asking me questions and it 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 also like you just show up authentically of what you're passionate and what you love and people will start responding and asking you questions in that area. You just got to you just got to make it happen. Wow, I really love that. That's so cool. Now, is that coffee chat still happening? <laughs> it is. Actually, there's oh, one cool. today at 4.30. <laughs> and uh, they're going to be talking about how to be creative with your content or something around it, that matter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, that's evolution right there. It is. It is. And uh, if you want, I can send you an invite to it also. Yeah, I would love that. Come jump in. Awesome. So tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. Um, well, that no one's heard of. Like, you mean as far as that I've broadcasted? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, because obviously, you know, when you're when you're in front of a client or something like that, a prospect, they do they do tend to ask you about, you know, how because my company's privately held, so I yeah. built it from scratch. So a lot yes. of times people do kind of want to hear a little bit like, well, so how'd you end up doing this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess as far as like what I haven't really told people um, is how do I put this? So basically I was working in sales. This is after my career in law enforcement, although I was mm-hmm. still working part-time as a police officer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got into the sales role and I just, I loved it so much that I just decided, you know, this sounds silly, but why would I sit here and make all this money for somebody else Yeah. when I could make it for myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So it was that spark, it was kind of like that light bulb that goes off. Um, now where I was living is not my hometown. So I had moved out of my hometown and was living in a completely different area. So I didn't have family or anything like that around, Mm -hmm. but, and I didn't have any money whatsoever. So the biggest thing for me was I thought you had to have like 30 grand to start a business that you had to have a couple years of of market research. And Mm -hmm. I just, I thought of it as this very more academic way. Yeah. And then I went to a conference in Rochester, New York, that was put on by Robert Kiyosaki's team. Yeah. So when, you know, partway through that conference, it just my complete mindset changed. And I thought mm-hmm. there, there is no magic way to start something. You just literally have to start it. Yeah. You do have to just sort of like jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, so with $1,200 credit card limit on a capital one card, yeah. just start started with advertising in newspaper print. This is, 12 years ago. So that was still a way to advertise Mm -hmm. and it was pretty cheap. Um, and then how I got started was actually more bartering services. So I got on the radio, the local radio station, and they Mm -hmm. allowed me to advertise my business while I provided services at the radio station, which was cleaning. Nice. Um, cause, because originally my business partner and I, we, we started the company based on a bet. Mm-hmm. you know, where, where he was like, I bet you we can, you know, have a successful company with like no money and everything. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. And he was <laughs> like, what do you want to do? He goes, let's do landscaping. I'm like, no, I don't want to run a lawnmower. I don't know how to fix a lawnmower. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not a mechanical, like as far as that kind of goes. And so yeah. I go, what about cleaning? Because I grew up in near Lake Placid, New York. And mm-hmm. I worked at a five-star resort, which I was a housekeeper. So I learned how to clean with a white glove standard, how yeah. to use, you know, this is, this is tw- almost 20 years ago now yeah. where yeah. back then being in the Adirondacks like that, everything was about being green. Mm. So from the gate, I was like, we're going to do a gr- green cleaning. I know a system and I know how to teach other people. So nice. sometimes it's, so, it's not so much about what you want to do is what, how, what do you know? to start something. What knowledge do you have that you can build off of? Exactly. Well, then it all just kind of explodes from there because one thing builds onto another, builds onto another to where all of a sudden it goes from, I just want to have a turnkey operation and get out of the rat race to I'm affecting lives by, you know, infection control. And now I'm in a commercial space. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah. So I think like the biggest part 
the whole thing of my story as far as like personally is just really having that those wake up calls not understanding from the very beginning what it was going to turn out to be mm-hmm. along the way is just very fascinating but but it's it was a ton of hard work like you look back and it's like now i wouldn't even do the things i did then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't i put a hundred thousand miles on my vehicle in one year <laughs> I don't ever, ever, ever. Now I try and drive as loose as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so there's things you look back that you do that you, I just would never do now, but I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah. Um, and so when you're going to set up a second business, which I'm setting up two, I'm mm-hmm. trying to start two businesses now. Nice. You learn all the things that you don't want to do again. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, and you, you and you note them down like okay, we did it this it did it this way. It's not it didn't it worked, but let's make it let's do it better going yeah. forward. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's really really fun to have that insight and then to keep learning. You know, it's it's almost Never like asking learning. it's almost like asking somebody, "Hey, how do you run?" Well, you just stand up and you start running, <laughs> you know. No, but you, how yep. do you really run? Like can I take a yeah. course on running? Right. So no. that's, that's a really great point. Just start, start at the starting point. Mm-hmm. Use what you have, use the knowledge that you have and teach it or, you know, apply it basically. Yep. And then as you learn and grow, yeah. you know, then everything starts to transform naturally. Yeah. Like this leads to that, leads to that. And then before you know it, because, because I'll tell you what, when you're doing the things like putting a hundred thousand miles on the car mm-hmm. and you're missing dinner with your children and yeah. you're doing all these things and it's this hustle, hustle grind, what you end up realizing in your mind, and this is your mind because your mind has to do this in order to sustain its energy is you will find why you're doing it. So your, your why completely changes along in the journey from my original why of just financial security to I'm doing this because I know at the end of the day, this is eventually going to help a lot of people. Absolutely. Because otherwise, why would you do it? It does not enough. A simple driver like financial is not enough. It's not enough to maintain that kind of steam. Yeah. It's, it's great to get you started though. Like, right. okay. Oh, it's a great, great, yeah. great <laughs> like, motivator to get started. Ego is a freaking lifesaver if you want to start something. Yeah. You know, yeah. absolutely. I, you know, I, I say you have to have a special relationship with your ego, especially yeah. early on. It really does serve a purpose. It's, it it kickstarts you. I think it's almost like a flint, right? But the flint's not going to keep the fire going. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So, so yeah, many analogies. I, mean, I know, but, but that's, I think that's like the biggest thing is like people are, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look like I'm, you know, some kind of doing this for ego or pride or doing it for money. Well, maybe you are, it's better to just are. be maybe honest, yes. you know, better to be honest about that and say, this is my initial reason because it's going to evolve over time. Anyways, if you're a decent person, anyways, it'll come out, you know, in the end. Yeah. No, I, I mean, love I it. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. So, so last week we had a conversation and we were we were uh, running parallel lines around beekeeping and how 
if there's not enough growth in if there's not enough room to grow for the queen bee they abandon the hive so you have to keep an eye on them and keep giving them frames so they can they have enough mm-hmm. room to lay the eggs and and you know be able to grow that hive so you had mentioned something about you're looking to start something new and I think you mentioned earlier also so walk us a little bit uh, around that or around, you know about that what's going okay, sure. on so um well basically you know 12 years into this company it's gotten to the point where my particular position is 100% turnkey and and basically automated you know other other than my say expertise knowledge wise I've created the position because I operated as chief operating officer, which is different than just the owner. Um, even though I made decisions with my, with my partner, co-founder, like an owner at the end of the day, at some point, you know, either you excuse yourself um, from that role because there's better qualified people and your company's gotten to the point where it needs the better qualified person for that role to keep going to the next level. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for me personally, I just realized, well, I've gotten to the point where I can turn this over to somebody else and I want to at the same time. And it's not necessarily burnout or anything like that. Cause I'm still passionate about the, the industry. It's just, it's a personal choice. I've got other things that I want to do. And when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you can only box yourself into a certain role just so long before you naturally are going to fight against that structure. At least for me personally. And I think that goes, I think I can speak for a lot of entrepreneurs as far as like personality goes, you know, you have to have the structure to make it work and that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, you, your creative side wants to keep going and your purposes and your why's change. So the company culture is done. That's built, that purpose and that why will continue on without me for yeah. however long. That's done and been there. So now I want to move on to something else with a different purpose and a different why, which is to impact people on a more personal level um, through basically coaching um, So and podcasting. So I want to start, you know, I'm going to be starting my own podcast nice. and my own platform you know, and the platform that I'm launching is going to be basically about self-discovery and self-development on a more personal level on Mm -hmm. one-to-one. So, you know, and that'll probably evolve eventually too, but of course that's the start, that's a starting point. So how did you come to this conclusion that you want to move out and that this is the, this is what you want to do? Because you did mention, you know, our whys change over time mm-hmm. because we grow as a person. We, you know, technically our bodies are not the same. I think, it's, was it every seven weeks or every seven years? I can't remember. But cells in our bodies change mm-hmm. over, I think it's seven years. Every seven years, basically, every single cell in our, cell in our body is brand new. It's never been there before. Yep. Yeah, right? I so, think I heard that too. So... How did you come to the conclusion that this is what you wanted to do? What inspired these um, motivations? Well, truthfully, it's been about a year and a half decision. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't like I woke up and gave it two weeks to think about. And then it literally it's been about the last year and a half of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I think part of it too was this, the pandemic, yeah. uh, COVID-19 had some kind of kick in the butt mm-hmm. where it was like, I can't get a, when here's how my mind operates. And this is more of a spiritual thing when I can't get my head out of something. So when something keeps recurring back to me over and over again, yeah. and you can't ignore it. Then it just becomes sort of like you, you have to then make the decision. You can't just keep sitting there in like turmoil and like wondering and wondering. Yeah. So uh, it, I guess it would sort of start with getting some virtual mentorship through mm-hmm. LinkedIn specifically, yeah. meeting people on that platform that were more experienced than me, that were um, just great at relating how you can inspire others, you can encourage others through your own story, through your own knowledge mm-hmm. and, and together, right? So, you know, I just started thinking about this over and over again, and I'm like a serial, like addicted to podcast listening because it's such a great way to get education yeah, and get ideas and it sparks creativity. So I just decided, you know, I really like to have my own podcast so I can reach more people mm-hmm. for, you know, messages, education. And then um, just seeing that there's this whole other world out there to explore than just the confines of this corporate world that I built for myself. Yeah. I built the corporation, Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not a corporate person mm. by any means. <laughs> so to me, it was a, it's a little, after a while, it's a little bit of an imposter syndrome. Like I don't want to be in that wheel. That's, and that my totally makes strength, sense. Yeah. yeah, my strengths, when we break, break down what strengths are, which this again goes back to this whole last year and a half scenario where mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, almost, I would say a little less than a year and a half ago, I hired a personal coach, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Mercadante. Nice. Yeah. He's awesome. The, yeah. Freedom lifestyle. And so once we uncovered what my strengths were and I realized that a lot of my strengths, I weren't, I wasn't necessarily getting to use mm-hmm. the way I wanted to. So deciding to, quit corporate and pass that baton onto somebody else and then just dive into something that's more personally fulfilling, which is utilizing my strength, you know, which is things like what yeah, we're doing right a, now. Yeah. Like that's interacting. Re- that's connectivity, that's, communication. Yeah. Uh, adapting belief. That, that's really Need. powerful. And I, I love yeah. it because so I, the reason I so I started my podcast because I just wanted to I just love creating content. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna create a podcast and, and for the longest time I had a podcast in twenty twelve with two of my cousins and we recorded like four episodes. It was a pain in the butt because they were in California, I was in Colorado, we had a time difference, but I really loved the process. I loved the conversation that we had where we were having. And that ended. Then I moved out, and um, I was like, "All right, I want to create a podcast still." And then earlier in 2018, a friend of mine reached out, and he's like, "Hey, I want to start a podcast." And he, I've been working with him for for a decade now, and in, in managing his websites and whatnot. And he's like, "Hey, I want to start a website. What do you know? Or I want to start a podcast. What do you know about it?" So I did started doing research. Ran into this app called Anchor. FM, mm-hmm. 
where you can record podcasts on mm-hmm. your phone. I was like, holy smokes, this is awesome. Around the same same time, I was also reading Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. And as soon as I finished reading the book, it's just, it just, I was like, I got to, I just got to do it now. So I started (laughs) and I have so many different hobbies, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'd be talking about different hobbies to my colleagues all the time. (laughs) Oh, I'm into cycling. Oh, I'm doing woodworking. Oh, I'm doing (laughs) beekeeping. Oh, I'm going to be, you know, building a farm bot where it'll farm itself. All right, so I'm talking about all these technologies, all these hobbies and, and being a Kickstarter backer. And they're like, dude, what's your new hobby this week? And I was like, it's podcasting. I'm going to start start a podcast. I'm going to talk about all my hobbies, starting with beekeeping. And my, I was just done with beekeeping class also. So mm. I was like, I'm going to talk about beekeeping. So I just, start, start, I just started the podcast, start talking to myself, recording mm. it, and just didn't even market it just because I just loved the process of doing that work, doing that creation. And what you mentioned about, you know, creating the podcast and, and having access to a, an online coach. Sure. I didn't hire a coach, but I was reading a lot of books Mm -hmm. on entrepreneurship, you know, following Gary Vaynerchuk, Pat Flynn, and all these people that are doing some amazing things. And for the longest time I, I was stuck on the beach and I'm Mm. looking at all these people on these yachts and boats. I'm like, Oh my God, how do I get to that boat? Well, you got to jump in the water, right? (laughs) So uh, I, I finally took the dive. I was like, all right, I don't care if I don't know how to swim. I'll figure it out on the way. So I swam and I'm swam and I I got to the first boat and, you know, started launching the podcast. And I think, a lot of the times we are you're either a beach goer or either you're gonna go and swim in the beach on mm-hmm. the in the ocean and and that's what entrepreneurship is from from my perspective. It's like, oh, all these people are doing it. How do they get there? No, they have to you know so people just think that to become an entrepreneur like you you had that misconception, oh, you gotta have thirty thousand dollars, you gotta have all mm-hmm. the smart research mm-hmm. people think about it and like, oh. I don't think I don't think it's for me. I don't think I can do it. It's it's either too much work or I don't know too many people who's going to buy for me. You know, you have, we have all these self yes. limiting beliefs. Yeah, self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, this awesome that you're able to get over that, get out yeah. of it and then find people, find mentors, find coaches that can help you fill in the blanks because I think that's what it is, right? Filling in those yeah. blanks that you don't know. Yes, exactly. It's like, well, I know a certain amount and the other stuff I need help with. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with reaching out. Like you said, whether it's picking up a book, yeah. li- like listening to a particular, like right now I'm studying, you know, um, a certain part of self-development mm-hmm. just so that not only just for myself, but because I want to be able to help others with self-development. So yeah. obviously I'm listening to podcasts that are mm-hmm. regarding that kind of thing. And you yeah. can probably tell from some of my posts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, can, these, yeah. little dis- these little discoveries. And it's super critical because that's exactly what it is. It's filling in the blank. You know, there's enough information and knowledge out there that you really don't have to know a- any of it. You can gather that information along the way as long as you're going to apply it, um, you know, and exactly. then look back and critique or improve. Well, I love that. You know, yeah. you're not going to get to that boat unless you go out and swim. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're just not, there's not really, no one's going to hand it to you on a silver nope. platter. Nope. Um, but I think like for me personally, cause I always like to look back to, you know, how, how somebody is the way they are. And of course you can always relate things back to your early childhood development. Mm-hmm. And I look back to my whole life since five years old, right up into college, I played soccer, yeah. you know, and I was like, center forward or right wing forward. Mm -hmm. And when you are constantly involved in a sport that means you have to get around obstacles and you have to be aggressive, that just becomes part of like how you operate, like a, you know, a mode of operation. And I didn't understand that until just probably the last, you know, few years of my life when I started to really look back and go, why, why was I able to do that? Like, why did I decide to do those things? You know, as far as like having the courage or the confidence, I should say, yeah. because you were trained, you were training yourself the whole life by being in that sport to have that certain level of confidence. Yeah, no, that's, that's you know? really, really, really well put because when you're put in a position and you are, you're dependent, like the entire team depends on you to take the ball to the goal. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you are, you know, you are, you are the executioner essentially. Yep. Right. So when you're an yeah. executioner, you become that person in the rest of your life and you're able to build that out over time. Yep. And it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then and, like when you're talking about how you have all these different hobbies and stuff, I love that because it's, that's the artistry. So you're an artist, you know, mm -hmm. by trade, I would say because it's kind of very similar for me where, yeah, I went to school for criminal justice. That's what my degree is in. Mm -hmm. But halfway through my college, my advisor said, are you an art major? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they're like, why are you taking all these art classes? And I'm like, because I like ceramics and I like photography and I like this and I like that. And so then you look back and you're like, yeah, even then mm -hmm. you, you were, you were exploring the creative world and your mind has a lot of different likes and wants to explore those things that you like. Yeah. So you can take that artist side, that creative side and bring that in and that, and you use it as a tool. Yes. So if you're a creative person, you're going to use that as a tool in your podcasting and your endeavors. Exactly. And, and how like, you... it's like you with your tech, that's an art mm -hmm. in and of itself for sure. Yeah. Cause you're getting these results you know, these compilation, the content, like you said, content yeah. creation is fun, because it is an artistry. It is. And, and as human beings, we love working with our hands. And mm -hmm. when we're creating, either to be digital or physical, you know, we're, we are technically working with our minds hands versus our hands, the physical hands. It's, it's beautiful. How our minds and, and I think mm -hmm. what it does is it connects our analytical mind with our artistic mind too because you're applying analysis as you are creating art yeah oh yeah i like that <laughs> that's good <laughs> should quote that <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's a good really one. good <laughs> um but yeah so and then like so i like to restore furniture mm -hmm. as like a hobby See, there, and, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And so I ended up with a storage unit full of furniture and a house full of beautiful, re beautifully restored furniture. But you ran, I ran out of things to where to put this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And then I, so then I got the bright idea, well, I'm going to open up like a shop and I'm going to sell this stuff because that's my entrepreneurial side. Yeah. But then I was like, wait, I've learned from my current company that I don't want a brick and mortar because I don't <laughs> want to deal with a brick and mortar. Like yeah. I don't want to deal with a bunch of employees. I don't want to deal with a bunch of insurance stuff. Like I just don't want to deal with that side of things. I want things to just be like, I can work from home, <laughs> um, you know, because you get yeah. to a certain point and you really just cherish like your peace and peace becomes kind of the primary driver. Yeah. yeah. Um, kids are getting older. You've been through all this stuff. You just mm. want like peace and quiet. Um, so yeah, but it's hard because you're like, well, I love to do this. It should just be my next, my next business. Cause mm. I love it. I yeah. love it. And then you're like, <laughs> well, let's take a step back. So now it's, you know, once in a while I'll restore a piece of furniture, you know, for something I might really need. Yeah. Or like a gift for somebody. Yeah. Gift for somebody. I think the gift part is really key because you, it's, it's almost like a two for you get the fulfillment out of creating something, but then you also get another dose of fulfillment by giving it away as a gift and lighting mm -hmm. up their day. And I think that's how Santa Claus started. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know right. if you've seen the movie. Uh, there's this movie called uh, Klaus, and there's this old man, and he's got tons of creations. And you know, a while ago, his his wife and child died. So now he's got all these toys in his shed and, and you know, he's, he's just constantly creating new things. And then this postman had to get his post like letters deliveries up. So he basically wrote, he went around talking to children in the, in the town and like, Hey, what toy would you like for blah, blah, blah. And he would take these letters to this guy and then he would deliver, <laughs> he would deliver these huh. toys. That was a really cool movie. Um, I was like, oh, interesting. So that's where Santa Claus started from. <laughs> Love really it. Cool. Yeah. It's really neat. Yep. Yeah. All right. So yeah. at this point, we, we learned about your journey, what you're passionate about, how you started your journey in, in launching your own corporation and company. And mm -hmm. basically, you outgrew it. And now you're, you're mm -hmm. out there going mm -hmm. to launch another project another yeah. entrepreneurship another endeavor and mm -hmm. all the best to you so Thanks. at this point of the conversation we like to ask some really quick questions okay what is the one hobby that you wish you got into uh quilting quilting um i know that sounds super girly um <laughs> but I have a love for fabric. I have a mm -hmm. love for colors and pattern and design. Yeah. So I really, really enjoy something like, say, a neutral backdrop, like mm -hmm. white, and then being able to add in fabric. Like, so let's say you have a room that's just like white shiplap, like your yeah. living room. Mm -hmm. And then you can add those splashes of color, like a pillow, a blanket. Mm -hmm. To me, I don't know. There's just something so calming and yeah. like magical about that. And then you can change it out, you know, as you wish. Yeah. Um, but I'm really into color. Mm -hmm. So like I just, and I like quilts and I'll go and I'll try and find unique 
quilts. I like vintage quilts. It's just something that it's like one of those things where you're like, if I had this spare room in my house, yeah. my kids are <laughs> completely gone. Okay. So I, my youngest is 12. So I yeah. still have a little ways to go there. Yeah. And it's like, then I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to buy a machine and I'm going to learn how to quilt. But it's kind of like a furniture thing, though. Then what am I going to do? Have a whole yeah, then what stack do? of yeah. What am I going to do? Sell it? I guess I could do an e-commerce site or something. Yeah, you can do e-commerce. You could do, you know, an Etsy. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what I'll do. You know, I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, I think quilting would just be fascinating to have gotten into. Yeah. And and but that's it's hindsight. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that would have turned into anything or not. You never or know. I mean, well. there there are huge quilting commerce conventions like mm. conventions upon oh, yeah. conventions that are all around quilting and, and knitting and whatnot mm-hmm. talking about quilting i actually had a few jeans uh, denim pants mm-hmm. that got ripped in the crotch area because they're really cheap material mm-hmm. apparently yep. <laughs> so yep. i cut them up and i was like i'm gonna make a quilt with this so i have them oh, yeah. cut up already but i haven't gotten right. the, the time to go and you know put it together yet yeah um, that's very very Japanese, believe it or not. Very Japanese to use use denim. Jeans. Yep. Oh, jeans. <laughs> use denim to make things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it all stems from obviously being poor, but mm-hmm. uh, it's now like a total art form, and like people pay good money for this stuff. It's I was that act- in like. <laughs> yeah, I was actually on some website, and they had all these ideas for what you could do with your old denim pockets and there's like a there's like a four by three um basically thing sewn together with which is all made out of jean pockets like back pockets mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. put like flowers you can put things in there oh yeah i love That's it it's pretty neat yeah so as a teenager in the 90s you know mm-hmm. i'm dating myself here but <laughs> in the in the 90s i used to my best friend and i we used to get pants and we would cut the side of the pants and then sew in fabric nice. down the legs, yeah. down the outside of the legs and make them wider pants. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was the thing. That was the thing. <laughs> but even then, I was like, "This, I love this because you're yeah. transforming something. You're just making it more interesting and like yeah. t- touch the fabric and everything. And so like now, you know, years later, and I'm like on Pinterest going, I like shashiko stitching. I'm going to learn how to do that and I'm going to make something. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so my, my mom's a seamstress and she's been, you know, for Ooh. all my life. Right. So she's, Ooh. she's sewing all sorts of things. She's and right now with her, with her, you know, with her experience, she's been sewing masks to, you know, give away to, yeah. um, you know the health workers and whatnot mm-hmm. so she's she's probably sewn over a thousand masks by now oh wow that it's is insane. awesome that's awesome she's gonna send cool some lady. for my my kids and um oh, she's nice. got like these tiny ones for with unicorns on them and like my my son's like oh i want the i want the one with the soccer balls <laughs> yeah it's funny that that's awesome what a cool lady yeah, yeah. and i mean it's funny because like when i was doing that stuff back as a teenager it was just mm-hmm. hand sewing yeah. So like, so. I don't even really know how to use a sewing machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> not really, not very good. Um, but obviously, if that's something that you were just, again, this is the lost hobby I never did. Exactly. So yeah. Obviously, if I was going to get into it, I yeah. would take some classes. You'll like, take some classes, at Juan yeah. Fabric and whatnot. Yeah. Got those classes. <laughs> yep. And um, so. 
So that's really awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Next question. What did you want to be when you were a child? Okay. So when I was a child, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Nice. Kind of like um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yep. He was literally my hero for many years, that character. And I just was obsessed with it for a long time because of the adventure. Yeah. And then my father, who is generally the voice of reason in my life, was Mm -hmm. like, you realize you're going to be digging in the dirt all day? <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, you're not going to find the Holy Grail or anything yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So then my mind just went to the next more adventurous thing that I could think of. And so I wanted to join the Coast Guard. Mm. So I was all signed up to do that. And then my father says, because I was going to graduate high school, take the bus to Albany and start. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, you know if you go to college first and get your four-year degree, you can enter in as an officer. Mm. I was like, no kidding. And then I went to college and, you know, the rest is history. Long story. Nice. Nice. He's like, oh, he's uh, he's got some words, the ways to, like, okay, you can still do that, but how about you go this way? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you can see, though, that, like, adventure was always my goal. Yeah. And I think that, it was that's another reason why it was more more easy for me to fall into taking the plunge to be an entrepreneur because it's Mm. that adventure it's it's like no day is going to be the same you're not cookie cutter you're not stamping out something you're so yeah adventure is such a huge thing nice i love it next question what is your favorite movie or tv show so my as far as my favorite TV show, definitely be Seinfeld. Oh yes, I've literally watched fan, guys. every season probably a hundred times each, and oh. I'll just never get bored of it. If I'm oh, really bored, God. I'll put it on. But kind of grew up with that, and then um, as far as like one of my one of my all time favorite movies of all time is the original Jurassic Park movie. Nice. Like I kind of have lines memorized in that movie (laughs) i have it all memorized it's just one of those things that when it first came out it was so epic yeah and just some of the the things that they talk about in that first original one is really interesting if you listen to some of it Mm -hmm. you know like the life will find a way yeah you know that just was like man it's amazing absolutely yeah. Yeah, we recently yeah. watched it with the kids. Um, I think maybe so a, a year ago or so. It's yeah, really good. So good. But yeah, right. so that would be my close second to the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's got some Indiana Jones vibe, and you know, it's all yeah. adventure. Yeah. And yeah. Seinfeld, man, you can't go wrong with that. So no, I I didn't grow up in can't. the I yeah I didn't grow up in the states. I watched Seinfeld after the fact. Um, nice when I moved here, but I, I binge watched it mm-hmm. and it was all on DVDs. <laughs> so do I yeah. plug in a DVD? Um, and then I would quote, you know, Seinfeld all the time at work. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's watching Seinfeld now. <laughs> but even now, like he is, I, I regard him, I highly regard the guy, you know, he, he got mm-hmm. this new show, Comedians of Cars, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yep. getting coffee is so creative and so one of a kind and he's like 
Yep, I started a show, Seinfeld, and people started copying right after it. And like even now, all of the all of the sitcoms are are based off of Seinfeld or Friends. You know, they have six yep. main characters, and there's a ton of new shows that are also following the, the thing oh, that absolutely. he's doing with comedians yeah. of cars, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, um, I think. Um... Before I got into Seinfeld, I used to watch Cheers, and that was a okay. great show. Yeah. And then it kind of stumbled into the next, and like you said, then it just sort of took off from there. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about sitcoms? You know the K-pop group BTS? Uh-huh. I think I heard Yeah, it. so, yeah. Well, they're, like, worldwide famous now, global idols in the K-pop realm. Yeah. I have teenagers at home, so I'm okay. exposed to all this K-pop <laughs> stuff. I'm sort of like a converted fan now. um just by default yeah and the lead singer the the orchestrator of the band the sort of creator the leader of the band he learned english by watching friends in south korea yeah he taught himself english from watching that his parents bought him the dvd that's awesome actually i was talking to a a another entrepreneur uh she does she teaches english as a second language and she came up to him she's like hey i just thought of something I can tell my students to listen to podcasts where they have conversations with people of different accents mm-hmm. and they can learn the language and how words are pronounced. Yeah. Like, That's really cool. So that was really cool. Yeah. All right. Next question. Okay. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Ooh, that's tough. Probably, that's a tough one. One of my all-time favorites is Die Hard with Bruce mm-hmm. Willis. Yeah. Not that I want to be a guy, but <laughs> I love his character. He's um, I just so I like that kind of underdog hero thing yeah. for sure. Like it resonates with you know everybody probably, but yeah, everybody. Um, yeah. You know, I think like even though he's sort of the at first, you think of him as more of the immature hero. He turns mm-hmm. out to be pretty mature. He turns yeah. out to be pretty heartfelt guy. Yeah. Where it's really coming from a good place. And, like, so that just, it's, like, it makes you just awe, like, awesome, like, in awe. You know what? That reminds me of what you just mentioned. He's coming from a really good place, right? Mm-hmm. As human beings, we love when we see people like us. Mm, true when we can identify you know, when when you right. can relate right if there's mm-hmm. a superhero okay i love the superhero and then they add like for example iron man right so i love that he's got all this tech but but then you mm-hmm. also see all the flaws like oh he's got these flaws oh i can relate mm-hmm. i think that's what makes superheroes or any hero so relatable and i think that's what we saw and now everybody's talking about authenticity and being an authentic leader and blah 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 and it's no it's no you know everybody's is putting that word down oh being authentic mm-hmm. be yourself talk about this what you're passionate about and it's 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 funny it's like back in the days you had to fake it before you make it yeah oh, but you don't gosh. need to fake it anymore no, no. And oh, man, I'm glad you said that because like, <laughs> the, literally the first probably like, few years of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's all it was fake it till you make it fake it till you make it. And yeah. it's like, that's really exhausting after a while. 
Oh yeah. Um, and you know, it, it works to, it's kind of like the ego thing. It does work to a certain degree. It does mm-hmm. help kickstart a lot of stuff because it forces you to have a vision of something bigger. Yeah. So, you know, for my example, we didn't know, I wasn't sure if I was going to try and create something that was a franchise. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course, going along with Robert Kiyosaki's methodology, it was always about the bigger picture. I want yeah. employees, everything's going to be turnkey. It's going to be completely systematized. So even though it wasn't for a long time, yeah, we were able to project the image that it was. Yes. So people would be like, oh, are you a franchise? Like everything is so <laughs> cool. And I'm like, nope but thanks and that was a total fake it to you make it like yeah. all day long yeah um you know but it's true you don't have to do that now you really don't especially if you're coming from like the standpoint of like a sales professional yeah i think um you know larry levine selling from mm-hmm. the heart yeah mm-hmm. total rock star yeah he says it really really well he says authenticity is not a light switch it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle oh my god just you know be and, yourself. And yeah like you're, you're either going to embrace it wholeheartedly and just just you know come from that place of heart it's not something you just want to pull out and use because it's that's fake and people will see through it it doesn't oh, yeah. good oh yeah and we're I smart think, human beings yeah Dogs like, can see seriously. it <laughs> yeah, animals can right. see our authenticity <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah that's awesome all right next question who is your favorite superhero? Superman. Nice. Yep. He's got a certain thing about him. Yeah, I love Superman. He was always my favorite. Well, my 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 screen name, and I'm dating myself. <laughs> everywhere is Super Junaid. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so you know, I I relate to him a lot, but mm-hmm. I also relate to like. The struggles of, um, I mean, I, I think he shows struggle because he he's not an outcast, but he's also not of this world, but he is of this world. It's it's really weird. Yeah. The yeah. dynamics. All I right. think I liked the fact that he was an alien to some degree because mm-hmm. it was the there was that mystical side. Yeah. And then the fact that he's just literally the strongest man ever. You know, <laughs> it's just cool. Yeah, that is really cool, and and. Thank you for bringing that up, you know, that he's an alien. But guess mm-hmm. what? Human beings are aliens to this world. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast episode. Right? That's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode. Tune in the next time. <laughs> yep. um, next one. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. If I was a board game. Hmm, boy, this is tough. <laughs> Um, I kind of like the guess who. Hmm. Guess who? Yeah. So it's it's a game that I used to play a long time ago with my brother. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's really fun about it because you have to guess. Someone's giving you clues, and you have to guess what it is. And yeah. so I think that's just really fun for like so many different levels that it brings you into humor. It brings you into like using your mind like a yeah. puzzle. Um. It, you know sparks all kinds of cool fun so i don't know i guess that's I would really say cool. that. no that makes sense that makes sense um wow i love it your answers were awesome dude uh i love seinfeld i love 
Indiana Jones and and his movies. I mean, I think his latest one where he's 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 in his sixties and he did like you know a new movie. I'm like, wow, that was it was just awesome. He's he just continues to keep giving and giving and giving with being Han Solo Mm -hmm. and being so many cool things. But this has been an awesome conversation, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your time. Till yeah, the next absolutely. time. Yeah. I love it. I'll come back anytime. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. And if you need any help with your podcast, let me know. I'm oh, going to send you a message on um, how to get into that copy chat. Okay. See you there. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. Take care. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today, as well as the show notes.